Welcome back to the Star Family Wisdom Podcast, everyone. Thank you for being here and joining us. I'm Jenna Layden, former Global Vice President for Whole Foods Market and the founder of Star Family Wisdom. And I'm Sinead Willihan, former special needs educator and co-host of the Star Family Wisdom Podcast. Star Family Wisdom is a paradigm-shifting podcast, community, and online school for your spiritual and cosmic evolution. Sinead and I met last year and realized that the journey and experiences that have led us here were very similar. Five years ago, we had experiences that changed our lives forever. And after years of exploration and research and healing, we now know that our reality is so much more expansive and beautiful than we used to believe. And we started having long conversations last year about our experiences and the expansion of consciousness and our contact with ETs, and we realized that we need to share these conversations with you. Because we know we're not alone on planet Earth. The ETs are here with us. They always have been, and that's something that it's time, we feel it's time for the world to know that. On this podcast, we intend to share conversations, ideas, and information that will inspire you and support you on this wild journey of being human. We're going to explore ancient clues about our untold human story, real-life supernatural experiences, lost knowledge from the stars, and spiritual wisdom that empowers you to transform your life for the better. Being experiencers of supernatural phenomena in ET contact, it's important to us that we have open, mature, and fun conversations about what is possible in our universe and how we're evolving as humans. We love all things woo, all things magic, mindset, science, spirituality, health and wellness, and of course, extraterrestrial. And through these conversations, we want to explore how all these topics connect to inform the evolution of our human experience. Ultimately, we want everyone to be able to embrace the multidimensional reality without fear. And things will get a little far out here, but we'll ground you in the science, research, and information that we use to expand our minds and open to the incredible nature of our reality. So together, we're going to discover and remember our place among the stars. And in this episode, speaking of stars, we're reflecting on the experiences that led us to where we are today, which is primarily our ET contact experiences. Um, so let's get started on that. Jenna, uh, you wanted to start talking about one of your first experiences that began uh, four years ago. And I thought that would be a wonderful story to share with the audience. You know, the experience you had in your relationship that sort of uh, slingshot you into a different way of thinking and being, you know, completely surprisingly in a way you did not expect or see coming at all. Yeah, so for anyone who listened to our first episode, we touched on this a bit, but today we're going deeper because this topic is so much bigger than we've been told. And there are so many humans having these contact experiences and so many people who maybe are a little afraid to talk about it. I was afraid to talk about it for a long time. And part of my journey was being atheist. So I was atheist for many, many years. And it wasn't until I went through a really significant breakup that threw me into this deep, dark depression, this dark night of the soul. Um, that's what we call one of those experiences that really makes us question our reality and, and kind of cracks us open, right, in a bigger way. And that experience cracked me open in a, in a big way, because while it wasn't a very long relationship, 
it was really deep. Like there was a very deep energetic connection between the two of us. And, you know, fast forward a few months past the breakup, we're attempting to move on. And, you know, it was, it was a difficult process, right? You know, that letting go and accepting, you know, what had happened that we couldn't be together for various reasons. And we ended up running into each other on the other side of the country in another city. And I remember in that moment thinking, this, like, it's a coincidence, but is this really a coincidence? How does this happen? Like, this doesn't happen, right? How does this happen when something that extraordinary occurs? And what I now know to be true is that, no, it was not a coincidence. It was one of those moments that is meant to be, that is guiding us on our path. And the explanation I have for that now was a quantum entanglement. So at the time, I knew a little bit about quantum physics, and I was able to kind of think about that and wonder if this was a real life quantum entanglement experience that was happening. And so, you know, my very first kind of paranormal supernatural experiences were not ET in nature, but it required me waking up to what is possible in our reality before those experiences really started. So that experience running into my ex, you know, this person I was close with, bonded with, on the other side of the country felt like this moment of waking up to the truth of our reality. And we now know through science, quantum physics, right? That particles can be entangled at a distance that once bonded, that bond remains. And that's what facilitates some of the psychic, telepathic, energetic connections, right? That we have with people. And so, you know, if anyone listening has had one of those moments where you've been thinking about someone and they call you or text message you, that's quantum entanglement working. That's a, that, that is what is facilitating that telepathic connection. So that started to lead into more and more and more quote unquote supernatural experiences that taught me about the nature of telepathy, quantum entanglement, that, you know, psychic experiences and abilities were real and I now know why that occurred, because my very first ET experiences were telepathic in nature. So some people, you know, their first experience was, let's say, you know, so something that indicated an abduction had occurred or a physical contact experience had occurred. And while I do believe there was, you know, some physical contact occurring in my life, which we'll talk about, my very first way of understanding that I was having contact was receiving messages. So I had gotten far enough along in my spiritual journey and this understanding of telepathy and psychic abilities and all of that, that one day I was having a mental process. I was thinking about something. I was stewing on something. I was being grumpy. <laughs> I was I was having an internal um, conflict with someone in my head. You know how we do that, right? We stew on something. We're going over something in our head. Mm -hmm. And a message interrupted me when I was going through that thought process, when I was stewing, when I was ruminating. And all of a sudden... I was like, where did that come from? Was that a guide? Was that an angel? Had you ever had messages come into your head that were very direct? Like, did that happen for you early on in your contact experience? Oh, yeah. 
Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's a big part of how it manifests. That's one of the ways in which it manifests, yeah. Okay, yeah. So and I think that's true for a lot of people, actually. You know, I think that's that's a part of this that we're starting to learn more about, that, um, you know, when we are bonded, you know, telepathy is a real thing. That can be a real um, way in which contact occurs. And so these messages were brief to begin with, but they were giving me guidance. They were directing me in a certain way. And they were pointing out ways in which I was not being forgiving or gracious or accepting of others, right? So it was it was a message to guide me, but it was also, you know, kind of spiritual in nature, helping me understand the bigger picture. I, I just kind of brushed that off at the beginning and thought, well, it's coming from somewhere helpful and that's okay. And I don't need to worry about that, right? I don't need to be scared of it. But I was still very curious about where that was coming from. Mm -hmm. And maybe for our audience, you can clarify how you knew that it wasn't your own thought or your own voice. Yeah. yeah, good good point. So I had gotten far enough along in my meditation practice to be very aware of my own thought patterns and how my consciousness works, right? How my consciousness interacts with my brain and how, you know, my brain um, and thought process, right, just, you know, progress and happen, you know, in those states of ruminating or thinking to myself. And so, so in a meditation practice, you know, if you're not familiar with that, it is a practice of kind of being an observer of your mind, right? Practicing um, witnessing your own thoughts and witnessing how, how your brain and mental processes uh, are occurring. And through that witnessing, you can start to shift and change, right? How you are thinking and approaching things in life. And and so I had gotten pretty practiced in meditation to the point where I had turned my mind off, which was a big accomplishment because for years I had lots of anxiety and I, my mind was constantly running, constantly turned on. And when I got to a point where I could turn my mind off and have that just peace and stillness, that was a beautiful experience. So I had gotten to that point where I was able to discern you know, my mental processes, my thought processes versus, you know, complete stillness, nothing happening. And, and this was very clearly not my thought process. It was not my thought pattern. It was not my consciousness. And, and, and the reason I, you know, was able to identify that the first time it happened was because it literally interrupted me <laughs> because I was in the middle. I wasn't meditating in that moment. I was just thinking about stuff and ruminating and it cut me off. It, it was like someone came in and just cut me off the way someone would in a conversation. <laughs> so that gets your attention, right? Like that, that, that wakes you up and ha has you go, what just happened? Where'd that come from? <laughs> so, so, you know, again, it was helpful. So I wasn't concerned about it. It wasn't interfering with my ability to lead my life, right? And so I brushed it off and moved on, but then it kept happening. And then over time, other experiences started happening. And so it was just this slow building of becoming more um, open to this thing occurring, but I still wasn't quite sure where it was coming from. And, and, once I started to have some more experiences 
then I got to the point where I wanted to explore that through a hypnotic regression. So, so I want to share one um, or maybe two of the big experiences that told me something else was going on here, you know, that I needed to explore. So when I was you know, far enough along in my spiritual awakening to be accepting the fact that telepathy is real, that all of this quote unquote paranormal stuff that happens is actually real stuff, right? That we're just now learning about and, you know, just now being able to explain as part of our, uh, the way our reality works. I was starting to research a little bit more about the UFO stuff and ETs, and I was I was getting more curious, and I was starting to acknowledge I think we're not alone. You know, I think I think some of this quote unquote paranormal stuff that's going on might be real, and I, I'm just curious. And so I started, you know, watching some more stuff on TV about it. I started reading more books, and I picked up a book by John Mack, who's a Harvard professor of psychiatry, or was. He's no longer with us on planet Earth, but he, in his late tenure, started working with abductees and helping them access memories that had been suppressed through hypnotic regression. Mm -hmm. And and you know you know all about his story. And he yeah, he's a hero of mine for sure. Yeah, and I think we talked a little bit about him in the first episode. He, you know, he faced a lot of backlash for that, right? Because, you know, I think he went into it thinking, you know, probably these people were facing some sort of psychosis and, you know, we're going to figure out what's going on here, right? But over time, he started to really shift his worldview and started to acknowledge and share with others that he thinks these people are having very real experiences, right, that need to be understood and researched further, so I was on like, you know, the first couple chapters of that book, like not very far into it when I had this huge emotional release. So I read something that just triggered something deep inside of me, something that was like a truth that had been suppressed, that had been hidden. And I knew enough about the science of the mind at the time to understand that we we do suppress things that are traumatic or maybe are just so conflicting with our worldview that it would be, you know, difficult for us to psychologically process that information. Mm -hmm. So when that emotional release happened, like just tears overflowing, right? Like I'm reading this page and tears are just flooding out of me and, and I'm wondering what is going on here. And it was in that moment that I knew I, I've got something suppressed. I've got some memory that needs, that's trying to come out here. Like this just triggered something in me that I need to take a look at. And, and so, so it, I decided I'm going to do a regression at some point. I'm going to find a therapist and I might have been abducted. I don't know. And I need to figure out what's going on. I need to figure out what's happening here, right? Because there have been just one too many, you know, situations that have been outside of my previous, you know, worldview and paradigm. And while I set that intention, I was a little scared to do it. So I put it off. I didn't do it right away. because so I was a little nervous about what I would face and what would come out and, and then what you have to process on the other side of that, you know? And so I continued to do some research. And this next experience that happened was, was pretty fun. And this is kind of what opened me up and got me to finally, you know, do the regression. So I was 
continuing to, you know, watch some stuff on TV. I had, you know, heard about people who claimed to, to be channels, right, to be channeling ETs, to be channeling other beings, channeling spirits, whatever. And, you know, I know psychic telepathic abilities are real. That's a thing that occurs. And so I was open to it, but it's skeptical. And I still am. <laughs> I'm still open to it, but skeptical. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's healthy. I think that's a healthy balance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've talked about this. We think, you know, probably not all people who are claiming to channel, you know, these beings are actually channeling those beings, but some are, you know, so, you know, I, I was in, I was in this place of, I don't know, I'm not sure. And I was watching, I started to watch a documentary by Daryl Anka and, you know, some of our viewers and listeners will know Daryl and Bashar. Bashar is a being that Daryl channels and Bashar is from the Essasani civilization. He is a hybrid ET human and a first contact specialist in contact with planet earth via telepathic channels, uh, because that's how it's happening for our civilization as a first contact. And so Daryl, Daryl became a channel, gosh, what, 30 years ago? Um, long time ago, like in the 70s. At least. Yeah. yeah, yeah, at least 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, and his experience started with seeing a UFO, I believe. Yes, yes, and he was in a car at the time with three or four other people, so it was a group of right. people who witnessed us, yeah. Right, yeah, and, they, and they're in this documentary, so they corroborate, you know, the experience, so they all saw this UFO, and then, you know, he was on a spiritual path, and not long after that, he ended up in some class about channeling and boom, all of a sudden this being is there wanting to connect with him. So fast forward, you know, decades and here he's producing this documentary about, you know, this decades long experience of channeling this other being. And um, so again, I was still highly skeptical at this point. <laughs> and I had not watched a ton of stuff by Daryl and Bashar yet. I'd watched enough to think this is this is interesting. And some of the messages, you know, are a little outside of, you know, what I think someone could make up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I was watching this documentary still in a skeptical place. I had ordered food for dinner that night because I was tired. So I'm getting food delivered. I'm about halfway through the documentary and I hit one of those skeptical moments where I think, I don't know about this. I can't, I can't do this. I've got work in the morning. You know, I'm a VP at Whole Foods trying to do B VP stuff, right? And learn about all of this and I don't have time for this. So I turn it off. Within seconds, my food arrives at the front door and I get a text message on my phone that says, your food has been delivered by Bashar. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that story. I love that oh, story. But it, it happened. Like, what are the chances, right? What are the chances of that happening? That It's not like the name Bashar is like John and is everywhere. Right. First of all, it's a very unusual name. And then the right. secret is the timing. Yeah. Right. Well, well I looked it up. Like, I because I was still in this skeptical, analytical, logical place, right? I've always been very science-minded. I looked it up. I was like, how many people in the U.S. are named Bashar? What are the statistical odds of something like this happening? And there are only like 150 people named Bashar in the U.S. So the odds are just completely out there. And yeah. in that moment, yeah. I thought, um, Bashar, are you contacting me? <laughs> are you? Hello? <laughs> yeah. It's like, are you there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I did have this moment of disbelief 
this moment of acknowledging this thing just happened and I think this is real and I think I'm supposed to be finishing this documentary. So I finished the documentary and by the time I finished it, I was in a much more um, believing state, but, but it was after that that I thought, okay, you know, now there have been one too many things, and this one was kind of funny, and it, this all seems pretty harmless, but there's definitely something going on here that I need to explore. So, so then I went through a regression, which, you know, we can talk more about, but that took me further into understanding my connection with the ETs, understanding, you know, what all of these experiences meant and whether some of them were true ET contact or not. So um, maybe we can save that for a little later in the conversation. But, but the, you know, the Bashar synchronicity was one of those moments or contact, I should, we should just call it contact because that's what it was. You know, the Bashar contact was that moment of feeling like, okay, no, I'm not crazy. Like this is happening. Like I'm not crazy. That there's something going on here. Yeah, I, I mean, I can relate to that. I, I feel we talked in our last episode about how we really want to um, make sure that our listening audience and our watching audience, we're on YouTube as well. We're on all the all the podcast platforms, and we're also on YouTube. Um, but we want to make sure that our audience is aware that, you know, we're not people who are just accepting every single thing that's out there that's unusual. We are questioning, we are curious, we're investigating, and we also believe it's important to, you know, be grounded and to, to validate, right, to validate our own experience. And so, like you, I keep a little bit of the skeptical in me. <clears throat> you know, I think that's important. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to have a bit of the skeptic, a bit of, you know, the critical thinking abilities in any situation, right, as well as a willingness to be open and a willingness to explore, be curious and receive. But I, I very much relate to that because my first really huge, I mean, my awakening, which was not my first ET contact, um, but was by far the most profound experience energetically and vibrationally, the, the energy and the vibration of that contact, that awakening experience was like I, I can't even explain it. It was it was absolutely unbelievable, and it lasted twenty four seven for months afterwards. Months. I mean, it was really it blasted my world inside out and upside down, and changed everything for me overnight. I stopped eating animals overnight. I was already kind of heading in that direction, um, but I was I stopped eating animals. You know, I thought I thought differently about absolutely everything: myself, my family, my friendships, my career, how I was living my life, everything. Right. So it had this really massive effect on me and it was direct, firm communication. And it was, okay, we've always been with you. We are here with you now. And now it's time for us to really make ourselves known in your life, even though they kind of had two years previously in Peru, but that's a bit of a different context. This was, I had just watched a, doc I watched a documentary like you. I had just watched the Bob Lazar Area 51 documentary and I had never seen anything like it before. I was not in the world of ufology at all. I was not, you know, this is 2019, the summer of 2019, not that long ago. And yet my life was completely and totally different. I was not thinking about ETs. I mean, I believe that they were real. I believe that it's impossible that, you know, in this absolutely right. gigantic, ever-expanding universe, that the earth is the only place that has any life and the only place that has so-called civilization. You know, I don't believe in that. I think that that never made sense to me. So I thought, okay, UFOs are likely real, ETs are likely real, but this was sort of a once in a while thought to me. You know, I wasn't, this was not a part of my life. I was not involved Same. in ufology. 
Yeah, you either yeah. at all, at all. And this is such a common part of what people experience, right? People are just trucking along their, their everyday <laughs> lives, you know, paying their bills and going to work and feeding their rabbits or whatever it is that they do. And then kaboom, something happens. And this experience for me, my awakening experience in the summer of 2019, um, it was interesting for a couple of reasons. One is that it was triggered right after I saw the Bob Lazar documentary, which I chose very randomly. I remember just thinking, you know, I just want to watch something different. I don't want to watch the usual movie. I want to find something that's really different. And I was at the time recovering from my second cochlear implant surgery. I'm deaf. So I got my first implant seven years ago. And then the second one, I was recovering from that surgery. I was dizzy all the time. So I couldn't really do a lot. Um, they mess with your inner ear system when they do that. So I was dizzy as a result. And so all I could really do was lie around and watch movies. I really couldn't do a lot for about two weeks. But at this point, it was the end of two weeks. I think two weeks had passed. I was so bored watching the typical stuff, most of which doesn't really interest me anyway. And I thought, no, I really want to see something different. You know, I really want to find something different. And lo and behold, there was the Bob Lazar documentary. And I thought, oh, Area 51. Oh, yeah, that's an intriguing story. Let's see what this is. The film completely blew my mind. I mean, I immediately be, believe Bob Lazar. I think that he, his story has been consistent. He's been, he's never, he's never changed his story. You know, he's always very firmly said these things happened and there are a lot of people that, that can back him up. And actually now he's coming back into the spotlight because his yep. story is being even further validated. Yeah, at that point, him. it just completely blew my mind. And then the ETs arrived right after that. I didn't see them. It was telepathic, just like for you. But it was this very, very clear, firm, absolutely undeniable presence, like absolutely undeniable. I've never had anything like this in my life. And I'm not somebody who has, I mean, this is another thing I went and thought, should I get myself checked out? You know, do I have a mental <laughs> illness? Do I have, because I believe in validating. Yeah. Oh, right? so I'm I thought, like okay. Six Pardon. months, I thought I was crazy, right? Like there was a good six months there where I wasn't talking about this with anyone, right? Because I was attempting to validate what was going on before I could, you know, move forward with exploring this with other people, you know? Same here, same here, yeah. And so I was really questioning it, you know, and I was just at the same time, I knew every fiber of my being, every cell in my body knew this was real. It was just this very, very secure feeling of knowing that this was real. And so, you know, they said to me, we're here with you. We've always been with you. And now it's time for, for us to make our, our presence known to you. And it's time for you to step up and start really doing your job and like really start moving, you know, on what you're supposed to do in this life. And so they just said to me, this is your purpose. Like, this is why you're here. This is, this is why you're living the life that, you, that you're living. And that just made complete sense to me. And it continues, you know, to make more and more and more sense to me the more I go back to that touchstone moment in my life, because it does help me connect so many other things that I have felt, that I've experienced, that I have, you know, thought all through my life from the time I was four years old, where my experiences really started. And so, you know, this was really massive. And just, as I said, literally, really, this is no exaggeration, changed everything about the way I thought and felt overnight. My whole perspective on my life changed overnight. And then a couple of weeks after that, about two and a half weeks after that, I was supposed to start a job. And so I'm a teacher, right? And I'm a public education teacher. But this job was marking, this is sort of extra summer work, you know, for extra cash for teachers, where hundreds of, well, thousands of teachers all over the um, country are hired to come into Ontario, come into Toronto, where I am, because I'm Canadian and you, Jenna, are American. 
So I'm in Toronto and uh, all these teachers come in and they, we gather at this huge warehouse, you know, it's just as impersonal as you can get. We're in this massive concrete warehouse that's sectioned off into all these rooms. And, you know, everyone kind of staggers in in the morning with their extra large coffee at 7.30 and everyone's blurry eyed, you know, from having made it through the school year and June, it feels like it finished two days ago. And you're Bless teachers, questions. by the way. Bless teachers for oh, their, my goodness. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's, it's quite a job. It's a valuable job. I really love students. Not so much a, a fan of the system, but that's another topic. In any case, so, you know, we get cattle called into our rooms and the whole thing is that you're marking government literacy tests, right? So this is really high security. No one is allowed to take any photographs of the booklets, the government booklets, the assessment booklets. Um, you cannot take them out of the building with you. And so I started this job and, you know, it's pretty rote. Everyone gets lines up and, and goes into their rooms every morning and you sit down like 50, 60 people a room and you go up to the front of the room after getting the morning spiel from the leader in the, in, of your section. You go up to the front of the room and you just grab a, a random stack of booklets, assessment booklets that are all filled out by kids who are the same age, the same grade all over the country. So grade six, age 10 or 11. And each room is marking one question. So you go up and you grab these booklets and then you go to the page that has your question and you're, you're marking that. So I start this job and Monday goes by and Tuesday goes by. And what was really starting to sink in was the difference in how I felt because for the previous two and a half weeks, I had experienced this vibration and this elevated sense of not elation, but an elevated sense of consciousness that had been caused by my awareness that I had not experienced before. And then here I am, thud, you know, back in the 3D, in this big concrete room, doing this very dry job with everybody around me exhausted and, you know, that kind of a vibe, right? So I started thinking, oh my God, maybe I've gone crazy. Maybe that experience didn't really happen. Even though I'd had this experience of complete sureness and complete knowing when it had happened I started to question myself because the contrast was so you know so completely stark so anyway after the third day I went home and I was kind of upset you know I was really starting to wonder if there was something wrong with me mm -hmm. and this is a common story with many many yep. many 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 experiencers so you, just, you start to happened? deny what happened right you start to deny what happened well you start to just go how can this be real like this doesn't fit yeah. into my paradigm this yeah. doesn't fit into the normal so-called of what I know right but yeah I, I know this happened I'm sure this yeah. happened and you know the proof isn't how I feel the proof isn't how changed I am but you still are like no no that's not real proof you just you're you're really struggling with it so I came home and I was pretty emotional you know I was pretty stressed out and so I knelt down on the floor of my living room and what happens for me every time I have direct contact with them is that I get this particular feeling. It's a very particular feeling and particular parts of my body activate. So my chest um, right here will activate and it gets very hot. I feel like it's expanding. So that happened. And I never had that happen before either. This is also a new experience, but I just knew they were there and I knew they could hear me and I knew that I could hear them if I was asking them for a response. So I was really upset and I said, listen, I, I don't know exactly who you are. Um, and this is the first time I've ever done this. And I'm not somebody, by the way, who's ever been religious. So I never even prayed. You know, I had hopes or wishes or dreams, but I never kneeled on the floor and kind of prayed to something or someone ever, right? But I basically was doing that. I was saying, listen, I, I believe that you are here. I believe that this happened. I, I really feel that this happened, but I'm worried about myself. <laughs> and 
I need you to help me. I need you to prove it to me, you know? So I am somebody who doesn't really make demands. And this was a, a demand that I was asking for. You know, I said, I really need you to reassure me. I need you to reassure me. I need you to prove it to me in an undeniable way that this happened. And so then I felt this wonderful warm feeling like as if someone had just run their hands down my arms someone who really really loved me that's the feeling that I had and then I don't really remember doing this but I fell asleep on the floor of my living room which I never do woke up two or three hours later and went to bed and then the next morning I woke up and I had to go back to this job right so I'm just waking up going okay guys give me this proof you know you gotta you gotta help me out here and I get in my car and one of the ways that I used to receive messages, I don't think I need this anymore because now I'm really fully on the path and, and in connection with them. But when I wasn't um, in this place, one of the ways that I would receive messaging was through songs. So songs would show up and they, it would be the same song and it would play and play and play and play over and over and over and over again. And so this is one of the examples of that happening. So I got into my car and I just went on Spotify and clicked some random playlist and a Pink song came on. So Pink is great. I think her voice is amazing. She's a really talented singer, but I'm not a particular fan of hers. Like I don't follow her music. I haven't been to her, con her concerts. I don't follow her in the news. Um, so I appreciate her voice, but I don't listen to her music. And here was this song and the chorus was, don't give up, try, 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 don't give up, try, 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 right? And it was all about loving yourself and letting go of things and opening up to a new world and trying and trying and not giving up. And so at first I thought, okay, is that the proof? Okay, uh, okay, could be better, but all right, okay, you know. So I just sort of thought, well, maybe that's it. And so I listened to the song all the way to work. That was not the proof. What happened was, started the day as per usual and went up to the front of the room and grabbed a random stack of booklets like I always do. And that morning, and again, this is exactly after, you know, I had asked for support. I'd asked for reassurance and proof for 45 minutes that morning. The questions, the one question that the kids had to answer um, in every booklet that we marked, the one and only question we were marking was, uh, a creative writing question. So there was a very brief prompt and they had to write two pages based on that prompt. Well, that morning, nothing that I was reading had anything to do with the prompt. It was all about free energy, UFOs, the, the earth is alive, intergalactic councils, time travel, portals, vortexes. I mean, these are 10 and 11 year old children in grade six all over Canada suddenly appearing in these booklets in front of me for 45 minutes. These are the topics I'm reading. I mean, that, I could not that's believe extraordinary. it. That is extraordinary. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I could not <laughs> believe it. And we were so, we were on this regimented, I mean, all of the arms on my, I, this is such a stereotypical thing to say, but literally the arms on my neck and on my, I just said Hair. the, arms, the hairs. <laughs> The arms on my hair stood up. That's how drastic it was. All the arms on my hair stood up. <laughs> That's really, I mean, it really felt like I was just stunned. I couldn't believe that. I mean, we're on this really regimented schedule, right? So we were only allowed to go to the bathroom at certain times and have lunch at certain times. I didn't care. I left the room and ran to the bathroom and started madly texting a couple people that I had connected with in the community already to say, okay, can you tell me that, just validate this for me. And so I wrote them an email and I, I was sorting texts and I still have screenshots of all the texts because I want to say, I wanted to save them. And uh, 
they said, no, nope, that's the way it happens. You know, you ask for proof. They are absolutely with you. How else can you explain that? You can't that is, explain that. The odds you know? of that, right? The odd, One, the odds of kids writing about that. Yes, there are some kids that are star kids that are advanced that right, are probably channeling some of that information. But yeah, the odds of you happening to pick up all of those booklets with all of that information that likely is way too advanced or out there for six-year-old children to be writing about, that is clearly a manipulation of reality that allows yes. you to recognize their presence. Yes, yes. And then I just was so amazed that I started taking advantage of that. And so often when I need validation, I will ask them to give me something and they will do that. I mean, they do want to prove to us that they are here. They want yeah, to prove too. to us that they're real. Yeah. So that, I think oh. that validation, you know, the skepticism, it does have a healthy place within this very unusual, extraordinary intergalactic experience. You know, it is really something else. Yeah. And I'm sure you're probably thinking of another experience <laughs> you've had that you want to talk about. Go for it, Jenna. I'm listening. Oh, gosh. Oh, I think, you know, the nature of synchronicity is really interesting because, you know, the universe provides synchronicity for us. That is a natural part of how we should be living if we're living in a more kind of elevated energetic state. So, so you know, you have two things going on as you are evolving and opening up spiritually, you know, uh, multidimensionally. And those two things could be, you know, synchronistic events just organized by the flow of the universe, right? Because you are getting more aligned to who you truly are, or you have potentially, you know, these kind of quote unquote higher level beings, beings who are operating at a higher, more advanced state that do have the ability to, you know, kind of manipulate and alter our, our sense of reality in a way that is very synchronistic, that, you know, creates things like the Bashar contact or what you experienced. And I think that is, you know, something that we should just start to acknowledge as a truth of our, you know, experiences and something I think many people experience. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, I've been working to discern between those moments that are purely me just getting more aligned with my true self and my destiny and getting aligned with the flow of energy in the universe that then provides those sorts of, you know, divine synchronicities to occur in your life that continue to move you forward, you know, on your path versus contact with other beings. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at the very beginning of my journey, that was all a little, a little blurry for me, right? Like I wasn't quite sure, you know, whether some of that was just pure synchronicity or whether it was, you know, this true contact that was occurring. And, you know, the regression was one of those really big moments for me that validated so much. And, you know, there's a conflicting opinions out there about hypnotic regression, but, um, and, and while there absolutely are ways in which, you know, a person could be influenced or led you know, to a certain kind of um, uh, point of view, I guess, in a regressed state. Generally, if someone's, you know, in a deep enough state of consciousness, a deep enough state of trance, you are accessing something different, right? You're accessing a different part of yourself. And, and even going into the regression, I was still a little skeptical, right? And I was still, I was a little scared of what was going to happen. 
One, I was scared about whether I was even going to be able to get in a deep enough state of trance to access anything. And then two, I was scared about what I was going to access once I got there. And, you know, the other night you and I talked about this, you know, we, we had a, a little plant medicine session and chatted about <laughs> my regression. <laughs> and uh, I actually read it to Sinead because I have the transcript of it. I have it recorded too. Oh, and, I love that. Yeah. So, yeah, we could, we could maybe cut in a couple of, you know, short pieces of that recording just to share with the audience what it's like, you know, but what I know to be true now is that, yes, it is absolutely possible for us to channel information from our subconscious, our higher self in a trance state, but it is also possible to channel information from other beings in that state because that's yes. what happened in my regression. That's, you know, you experienced a more kind of direct channeling, you know, experience where you were acknowledging this contact mine initially were kind of these short bursts of channeling right that left me confused and wondering you know where it was coming from but in the regression they actually talked through me at the end of it and you know told me about my connection with them and told me that i have come from those civilizations that you know my experience here is kind of a, a stopover, you know, on my soul's journey in these advanced civilizations. And, and you know, one, one of the things that was, you know, kind of coming out of me in, you know, this channeling state, you know, and partially, partially from them, partially from my higher self. And it was very clear the delineation when that started to occur, right? Because from my higher self, the information was coming through in a very, um, objective kind of third person way. So I was, you know, saying things about myself, right. About the human version of me. So the messages were coming out about Jenna, you know, I was saying Jenna needs to do more of this or yes, Jenna's on track with this, but then the, 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 the dialogue that was coming out of me changed to we, right. So it turned into, um, this kind of group, the consciousness that was channeling through me, um, which I now know to be those ETs that I'm in contact with that are my soul family, that are part of my, you know, my soul group. You know, we incarnate with groups of souls that is, you know, on the spirit side, you know, in the spiritual realms, we, it's almost like this just giant, you know, school that we're going through. And we're, you know, in these groups with these other souls that we're bonded with, and we're constantly incarnating, having these different experiences and playing different roles and learning different things. And then you die and you go back to the spirit side and then you, you know, incarnate again and you do it all over again, but you're working up the ladder, you're progressing, you're evolving. Right. And so, so, you know, I'd already kind of come to that understanding that, that's a thing that that exists in our universe before this channeling occurred in my regression where they talked about, you know, me being part of their soul group. So my soul group is on a ship. My soul group lives on a starship and my soul group in this 
kind of incarnations, you know, cycle are the mantis, are mantis beings right now. Right. And, and you said there's two people, there's two of your soul group that are here yeah. on Earth as well. Yeah. I'm not sure who they are. I know, yeah, I know who they are now. I knew who one of them was at the time of the regression. And and I did not know who the other one was. And this was interesting. You know, the therapist, when that came out of me, when I said, or when they said that I'm here with two other souls from home, is what I said, from home, or they said. <laughs> um, you know, it's coming out of me, right? So it kind of like it feels like it's me, but it's them. Um, so so when that came out, the therapist did not follow that up with another question about who they were. And I wish right. he had, um, but I know now because, you know, things have unfolded in a way that have um, helped me understand that. But, but yeah, you know, I, I had for years also had this like low lying depression and anxiety that I just couldn't pinpoint, you know, I didn't know what was really causing it. And in the regression, that was clarified as well, that part of the reason I had that sense, that just kind of depressed sense of self in this life was because I had been separated from these other souls because I had, you know, I kind of at a, at a soul level, deep, deep, deep down inside of me, it felt like I was here alone. You know, it felt like I wasn't with my people, you know, even though I had my family and all that. It, at a soul level, the same type of bonds that would occur with your soul group weren't there, you know, in my life. And so, so that resulted, well, that was part of, you know, this depression, but also being just completely disconnected from this other, you know, truth of my soul and, you know, who I am and what I've done and where I've been. And so in the regression, that all clicked and helped me you know, realize, ah, oh, okay, that, you know, that's why I had the big emotional release that was clarified in the regression that, you know, when reading that book, some of those emotional releases that were happening, and it happened in more than one book, not just John's, um, but that was touching, you know, this part of me that missed home, that missed where I'm from. And, and another thing that, you know, came out of that experience were some spiritual teachings, you know, so, you know, a lot of what um, I teach on Star Family Wisdom, while I've done a ton of research, you know, and that's all kind of coming together in a way that is helping me guide and support people, a lot of what has come, you know, out of me has been channeled, you know, very much this kind of you know, connection on this energetic level that is allowing this information to come through me. And in the regression, there was a lot of that, you know, a lot of clarifying of how our reality works. And that's stuff I was not talking about much before the regression, right? I didn't know so some of that I was still a little unclear about, or some of that I was still questioning, but in the regression, what was coming out of me was very clear, very direct that this is how it is. This is, you know, this is how reality works. Yes. You know, there are guides. Yes. There are ETs. You were in contact with both all this stuff. Right. And, and all of that was not something I had been articulating you know, communicating to people or even believing firmly until this regression. So, so this was an example of, you know, some extraordinary information that was coming out of me that was 
very different from what I as a, you know, human personality, you know, would have been communicating or talking about prior to the regression. So, so, you know, there's definitely this aspect of regressions that can, you know, help us touch deeper levels and help us clarify a lot of what is happening that maybe our subconscious and our, you know, current, you know, kind of psychological makeup can't quite comprehend or put the pieces together yet, you know, so you know, when we access those deep states of trance, we can access so much more. And that's the channeling state. That's, you know, how the ETs, you know, communicate through us. So yes. yeah, it was, that was yes. one of the big moments that. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking a couple of things right now too. I'm thinking that um, we have a, a list of, of quotations that really inspire us that we want to use on Start Family Wisdom and in the podcast that we hope will also inspire other people. And these quotations are brief, but powerful and very, very deep. And one of them, I want to say it was Nikola Tesla who said this, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, we'll, we'll post it somewhere, maybe on our Instagram account, Start Family Wisdom on, in, on Instagram. Um, sorry, Start Family Wisdom podcast on Instagram, I should say. But um, the quotation basically says that intuition is an underrated, underappreciated form of wisdom that is just as valued, you know, just as important as our, our left brain rational, yeah. you know, linear way of thinking. And that if we want to really have full access to wisdom, we need to embrace both, right? Yes. And then also what you were saying about how your voice changed from Jen is to do this to we, right? The collective, this collective voice is coming through you. I just want to drop a little teaser for the audience because our first guest is going to be our, our very dear friend and a really incredible person who's an experiencer and a reverend, uh, Michael J.S. Carter. And he is somebody who says, he talks about uh, ET evidence that was in the Bible and that is in many, many other ancient texts. And there are scholars all over the world who know this, who've been talking about this, who've been researching this. You know, the evidence is right there. It's not manufactured. It's in documentation that can be proven. Um, and one of the things that he has told me, and also my friend John, who's reading uh, Paul Wallace's book, um, Escaping from Eden, which is all about also, aha, and the start of Eden, the second one. Mine just arrived yesterday, so I'm very excited about reading it. Paul Wallace is a really incredible author, but he talks also about the Bible and about, you know, that the ET messages and the ET connections that are there. And one of the most fascinating things is how when the Bible was rephrased and rewritten by humans, they changed the pronoun for God, for the high consciousness that was speaking to humans, from we to he. It mm -hmm. used to be collective and they changed it to a singular masculine. Mm -hmm. And so that's also very interesting because if the Hebrew word or the Aramaic word, I can't remember which one, unfortunately, that was used for God in that uh, early, early Yahweh. first. Thank you. Yahweh. That yeah. is a plural now. Elohim. They, yeah. Elohim is used. Elohim yes. is plural. Yes. And so they're, they're both plural, right? So what is that about? Like there's so many, there's so many indications that, the information we currently have it's just not everything that we know and of yeah. course if you just think about the basic fact that the universe is absolutely ginormous and we are only one planet in only one galaxy in this massive universe it just doesn't make sense that there's nobody else out there and if there is you know other beings out there you and i know that there are <laughs> then why couldn't they you know some of them be more advanced and yeah. be able to communicate with us i'm sure there are some that are less advanced as yeah. well but there are some that are more and so well, here's <laughs> they have utilized yeah 
so they have utilized and honed you know uh the abilities of the of the conscious life force energy that we all carry that has yeah. ultimately not as much to do with the physical body as we think you know um tesla did actually say that if we want to understand the real nature of the universe that we need to look at energy vibration and light yeah. so you know these things that you you and I talk about in terms of the ETs arriving and how they arrive to us and how they communicate with us, it can sound very, very far out. But if you actually look at science, if you actually look at the wise people in the world mm -hmm. and all over the globe, not just in North mm -hmm. America or Europe, and what they've had to say about the conscious mind of human beings and mm -hmm. the abilities that that conscious mind has, then this is not actually that far out. You know, it, no. it really is explainable through quantum physics through our understanding of energy and science and natural phenomena so yeah. i am really enjoying that aspect of it too you know this isn't just about meeting aliens so-called uh i actually don't like calling them aliens i feel like that's a little bit disrespectful so i, I agree i think that's I, that's kind of a derogatory term <clears throat> at this yeah, point right that's why we use the term star family because mm -hmm. we believe that most of them are friends brothers and sisters or family and we mm -hmm. should compare them that way. <laughs> yeah, and maybe we can explain the family thing a little more because yeah. if you if you understand that the mind is the eternal mind, oh sorry, that the mind is eternal, that the conscious mind is eternal, and that reincarnation is real, um, then you know that you know we are reincarnated into different bodies over eons, and so some of those bodies, why would all of them automatically be on Earth? Right. In this massive galaxy right. if we are made up of energy we can be anywhere right exactly. so we could in ets before as well well so here's sense. here's how advanced some of them are and to your point that you just made i'm going to go out on a limb here and i'll share a little bit more of what came from my regression and this is pretty far out and you know again if you're new to understanding the journey of the soul and the reincarnation process it's good to ground yourself there first but most of the time, right, when we come into a body, we are coming from the spiritual realm as a soul, right? We are, we're a soul on the spiritual side. We're choosing to come into a body and we go through that incarnation. We die. We go back to the spiritual realm. Well, <laughs> my understanding of the journey of my soul based on, you know, this connection that has formed and the regression that took place and some of what they have shared is that while I've had a series of earth incarnations, right? This is not my only life here on earth that I've had. I've had others, but that is in a kind of this, you know, series of earth lives. When I leave this body, I'm not going back to the spiritual realm just yet. So I'm going back to the civilization that I came from before this series of earth incarnations so this is it's kind of like a it's like a two for one life <laughs> where, you, where if, you, if you are in you know if you're incarnating one of these in one of these advanced civilizations they have the technology now to to you know take your consciousness and and allow you to incarnate in a lower dimension like you can step down if you choose to do so and then step back up and finish that whole like life experience and then you know go back to the spiritual realm that's my understanding of what's going on with my soul in this lifetime that you know when i leave this body i don't think i'm going back to the spiritual realm just yet i think i go back to the civilization i came from and i think you know, what I've come to learn is that 
yeah, I'm, I'm visiting, you know, I'm visiting earth. I'm incarnating right with everyone else. We're all doing the same thing here, but, but my soul has kind of this other layer of experience that happened before this incarnation. And it's, you know, part of this mission, right. That I'm here for, you know, they've told me that very similar to your, you know, contact experience you had with them where they shared, you are here to help people understand we are real and that there's going to be contact with other civilizations and to help people understand how reality works and to teach spiritual sciences and all of that. And that's what I was told in my regression that this is, you know, this is part of the mission. This is why I'm here. You know, it's, it's, it's to support this, you know, period of evolution on earth. And, and, you know, I, I share that because this is one example of just how advanced they might be. I could be wrong, you know, who knows, but that's what I was told. And that's what I understand to be true. And, you know, when you look at even some of our sci-fi movies, like Avatar, you know, there's a lot that, reflect that possibility right like those ideas didn't just come from nowhere right like that's no, an for a reason yes and they're supported they're supported by quantum yeah. physics i mean quantum yeah. physics has proven proven i want to emphasize that we live in a multi-dimensional universe it is multi-dimensional yeah. and that time and space are purely relative they are constructions we have constructed them mm -hmm. they do not exist finitely right we have created that we have created this reality here on earth we have we have decided that there are there's a certain kind of calendar and of course you know i'm talking about north america so i'm being a little biased right now but you know they're we have these such we have such rigid ideas about how we can control our environment, how we can control yeah. our world, when really we're spending far too much time, in my personal opinion, trying to control what is outside of us rather than focusing on learning to master what is inside of us. And the more we do that, because you and I both very much believe that a spiritual path has a lot to do with being spiritual practitioners, being willing to investigate ourselves and look at ourselves and our egos and our fears and our faults and flaws you know, all the good good and bad about ourselves, that that practice is a big part of why this contact has been able to happen, right? That these two things are paralleling each other. And I have certainly felt that, uh, you know, I've had that validated in a number of ways and it would take forever to explain that. But I really do feel that, you know, the spiritual practice is, is always about expansion, right? It's about expanding the heart, expanding the mind, expanding perception, opening us up to more possibility and to more of the experience of what it really is to be human and how far we can push our senses mm -hmm. our our physical capabilities we can do far far more than we think we can and we're far more powerful than we think mm -hmm. we are so i'm all about going in and i think Absolutely. going in it's also about going out because as i mentioned um i don't remember if i mentioned this during a podcast but one of the biggest downloads I ever got as a young child, I got a bunch of them between age nine and 11, uh, that were huge electrical experiences and very, very profound. And that's a whole other story, which is not directly ET related, but very profound all the same. And one of them was that every single one of us is a universe, mm. right? And that really rang true to me. I think I was nine when I got that message. And I, that just really, really rang true to me. You know, I thought, that makes so much sense because I was already a kid who was inside myself a lot. And I was a quiet kid. You know, I wrote, I kept a journal, I wrote stories, I, you know, created art, I read books by myself. I was social too, but I was very much inside my own mind. And so I already kind of knew what, what a little bit about what that meant, right, to be inside myself. But then when they gave me that message or when I received that message from whoever, whatever, 
it just every again every cell in my body reverberated with that understanding and since then it's been validated over and over and over again the more i go in the more i look inside the universe of yes. who i am which is endless and limitless the more i connect with the universe because it really is one of the yes. same thing right our true nature is universal so yes my star my star family shared that in the regression right that meditation is essential for everything to flow the way it's supposed to and that we have to be spending time in meditation and focusing on those practices right those spiritual practices and, and at the very least right connecting deeply with ourselves to allow the power of the mind to turn on right meditation you know first and foremost is a practice of just gaining awareness of you know your brain your thought processes right and shifting those but then secondarily it can become a process of connecting with the quantum field connecting you know with your higher self creating the stillness and balance within you right to allow that connection to occur to allow connection with other beings to occur and then thirdly it turns on the powers of the mind right it turns on your ability to you know control your reality and your body in a way that is pretty extraordinary like there's you know tibetan monks and you know people in india and china all over the world who you know have reached a level of mastery you know spiritual emotional you know physical mastery that allows them to do what most people would consider just pure magic right but that's real stuff it's real stuff yeah. that's possible yeah, and that's why you and I are on the shamanic path, right? Because that's what it's really about. It's about learning how to, in the process of learning the shamanic path and moving towards becoming a full shaman, we're learning how to work with energy, how to work with vibration, how to work with reality, the fiber and fabrics of reality, and how to, you know, um, get to know time better, space better, and travel, and, you know, travel meaning non-physical, travel with the consciousness, all these things that are supposed to be so woo, so unrealistic, so magical, and only existing in the imagination, but they really are real, and, you know, it, it, it's amazing to me, this is one of the things that really struck me after I had my awakening in 2019, which I talked about, when that happened, again, this came with such a massive amount of, of electrical vibrational energy that um, I was just infused, absolutely infused with this experience. It was all I could think about for about two weeks. I was constantly just gobbling up everything I could find. And again, you know, and after that and ever since then, but primarily within the first two weeks, I was just constantly gobbling up anything I could find. And I was really fascinated to discover that the information is there. Like I thought that I wasn't going to be able to find anything. You know, I thought that there were no resources or there were no, there wouldn't be a lot out there because it's so hokey and I must be crazy and, you know, it's all weird and it can't be true. But there is real valid information out there that comes in so many forms. It comes from the government, declassified government documentation that we know very well now from the U.S. government um stating that ufos are real that they're looking into you to what they're calling them uaps in they're our in our ufos and preparing for contact course on star family wisdom you can actually download some of our favorite declassified cia docs that we have found yes yes i mean there's there's so many of them out there and so um, rather than having to sift through it all yourself uh, it is a lot of it is provided on star family wisdom for you 
but yeah, it's just, it's, I couldn't believe it. You know, I just thought, wow, all of this is there. All I have to do is look. And it was like somebody had moved a big heavy curtain out of the way and suddenly <laughs> I could see this other room, right? Yeah. Like, and I had thought that the curtain was the wall, but it actually wasn't. It was just a curtain. And all I had to do was move it. And then I could see things completely different and differently and experience things differently. That is and such a good analogy. That is such a good analogy. It really felt like that. It felt like, you know, the veil had passed over my head and it was gone. Like I had, my, my perspective was just completely shifted. And because of that experience, I was able to find that information. But if I had never had that experience, I wouldn't even have known to look. And I wouldn't have any idea how many books are out there, how many articles, how many, you know, lectures, how many, it's just incredible how much information. The information is hidden in plain sight. And exactly. Since I have have Paul Wallace's book right in front of me, I'm going to read you just one very short paragraph as a teaser. We're going to talk more about his work at some point in a future episode, but this is the type of information that is told by indigenous people from all sorts of cultures all around the world, people in modern day society. There are so many stories that are, you know, coming into like the limelight now. And this is something Paul Wallace wrote about a uh, a, a situation with a man named Blair. So he talked with this guy named Blair in Australia. And Blair says, my family are Cherokee. My father taught me that some of those who have come have been visiting us since the beginning of our people's history. They came to our ancestors and taught us how to live as people on this planet, taught us about foods and medicines, and they told us where they were from, a planet orbiting a star in the Pleiades. So with that, <laughs> maybe we'll take a short break to bring you a discount from one of our favorite brands, and we'll be right back. One of the things I love about shamanic traditions and energy medicine is the focus on a symbiotic relationship with plants. And while a lot of people are familiar with plant medicine, like ayahuasca or cannabis, There are so many varieties of plants and herbs and cacti that can support our evolution and our spiritual journey. In fact, there's good science now to indicate that the consumption of more plants can turn on our longevity genes. And when I first started my shamanic practice, I was doing a lot of journeying, which is just deep guided meditation to access the various realms that are available to us. And one of those journeys was a journey to the plant world. When we journey to the plant world, we can commune with the plants that might give us the medicine we need. And on that journey, I received guidance to ingest more cactus. And at the time, I wasn't sure where to start, but within a couple of days, I found soul drops. It was a total divine synchronicity. Soul drops is a consciously produced sacred plant elixir. They are natural, legal, sacred plant microdoses. And I love the loon and cosmic droppers for relaxation in the evenings and to support my dream time. And with just a dropper a day, these herbal supplements empower you to feel better, more balanced, connected, relaxed, intuitive, creative inspired, integrated, and they're a blend of various herbs and cacti. And it was incredible that I found these after connecting with 
the cactus plants in my journey. And I truly believe that soul drops, you know, and the use of various plant medicine has been really supportive for me in my journey of healing and transformation. Their ingredients are all natural, organic, wild-crafted, GMO-free, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, nut-free, all the things free. And you can follow the link in our show notes and use the code STARFAMILY to get 10% off of your first order. As always, consult with your medical and wellness team before introducing new supplements into your routine and always use plant medicines in a safe and conscious way. These are non-psychoactive and you're getting, you know, really small doses as you take them. So try them out and I hope that they are as supportive for you on your journey as they have been for me. Welcome back, everybody. So we're going to continue our conversation about our ET experiences. And we realized that Jen and I realized that we're kind of branching off a little bit. It's all very interconnected. But, um, you know, everything we're talking about today is relevant specifically to our ET experiences and how they've opened up our lives. So one of the things we wanted to end with, or actually the thing we want to end with, is talking a bit more about how these ETs have guided us in our lives, how they have helped us, how they have kind of encouraged us and you know, given us direction and given us, um, helped us to discover further what our goals are along this path. So Jenna, you had an experience that you wanted to share and then I'll share one after you're done. So go for it. Yeah. So it's, you know, beautiful to really think about the support that is there from these experiences. And, you know, a lot of people are connected with their, you know, spirit guides and, and the ETs are kind of like that, you know, they're, they're there to guide us as well. If you have that connection with them and, you know, part of their work with us has been guiding us to absorb the right information to be able to share that with y'all. And, and I realize that now, right. That, you know, a lot of my contact experiences have been, been, you know, guiding me towards certain information or people. And, you know, one of the very early experiences I had when this all first started to occur was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I'm from. I was visiting family and a friend and, you know, I was far enough along in my spiritual journey to be excited about going to like an esoteric bookstore and crystal shop and that sort of thing. So there's like one in Tulsa, there might be more now, but <laughs> at the time, uh, there, you know, is one prominent one. And so my friend, uh, and I went to this store and I had never been in this store before in my hometown. We walk in and we're, we're, you know, looking around at the different books and I'm not quite sure what I'm looking for. You know, I'm just looking and I'm in this, you know, one very kind of small section that's a small aisle, you know, just kind of lined by books, right? It's just this old bookstore books all the way up to the ceiling. You know, I'm in this little alcove, my friends right there um, behind me and we start chatting and all of a sudden, two books fly off the shelf behind me, fly off the shelf. And she's startled and takes a step back. And she even says, those books did not fall. They jumped off that shelf. How did that happen? <laughs> How did those books jump off the shelf like that? And I picked them up and they were 
two books that were like exactly what I needed for this next phase of my journey. One was about the science of the mind and the power of the mind and, you know, consciousness controlling reality and that sort of thing. And then another book was by Nancy Redstar. It was called Star Ancestors. And this book is a compilation of her interviews and experiences with indigenous elders, Native American elders across North and South America, mostly North America, where she documents their contact stories and their ancestral stories of ET contact and where we've come from, very much like what I just read from, you know, Paul Wallace's book. And that was one of those experiences where I knew I was being guided. You know, I knew I was being given these pieces of information to, you know, complete this puzzle, right, of my understanding of reality. And so that was one of those very early experiences that felt very supportive. And again, that was at a time where I wasn't quite sure where it was coming from, but I know now where it was coming from. And, and just, you know, fun too, that I would find star ancestors in my hometown in, in Oklahoma. And I'm Cherokee as well. I have Cherokee ancestry. And so, um, you know, that was, that was special to pick that up in, you know, Cherokee country. That is something else. That is something else. Yeah. And and I want to emphasize as well, because you've mentioned your Cherokee, your Cherokee hand, ancestry. I'm so, I almost said ancestry. That sounded awful. <laughs> I'm kind of tripping over myself. Um, but your ancestry and then also Nancy Redstar's book, we I want to let the audience know that we really want to honor uh, the origins of wisdom about the star families. And that means honoring First Nations wisdom in both the US and Canada. So we're going to have First Nations people who are um, educated in that ancient knowledge and understanding of star people and their relationships with First Nations people. We're going to have them come on and teach us about what their people know. So I'm very, very excited about yeah. that. Yes. And um, Star Family Wisdom also donates 5% of our revenue to Native American uh, Rights Fund and Amazon Frontlines. So honoring those wisdom keepers from North and South America who have helped preserve this information and the wisdom that you know, once had been persecuted on this planet. Yes. Yeah, that's very true. We need to do a much better job of being human, which is part of why in our intro, we say being human and becoming human, right? Because we can always become a little bit more acquainted with our own human nature as well as our intergalactic nature. Um, so what's helped me in terms of guidance, I had a really... Uh, I've had lots of guidance experiences, but I'll talk about the most recent one that really impacted me, which was in August of 2021. Um, this was this past August in the middle of the month, a very hot August in Illinois. Again, I'm in, I'm in Toronto, Canada. I'm Canadian. So I flew to Illinois with Grant Cameron. I was a research assistant and interview assistant with Grant Cameron for a couple of years. And so this is the last event that we went to together. And so we traveled together to this um, event that my good friend Deb Frew organizes every year. It's called the Worldwide Metaphysical Tribe. And it happens in Illinois every August or sometimes July, but I believe August. And anyway, what she does is she gathers together people who are metaphysical workers, people who are healers, who are, you know, again, in the so-called alternative uh, world of metaphysics, healing, spirituality, all that stuff. 
And this year she wanted to bring ufology into a little bit more. So she asked Grant to come and be the keynote speaker. And I was going to do my own little presentation about the Sasquatch. There's some really incredible research around that as well. Uh, that's another very woo topic that people think is complete nonsense and just isn't. Oh, maybe we'll do but, an episode on Sasquatch. Oh, I would love to. Sasquatch yeah. is fascinating. Fascinating. Yes. They're, they're yes. guardians of the earth. They're intergalactic. Anyway, that's another topic, but we will do that. They give so people case, gifts. I am, it's so sweet. <laughs> they give people <laughs> gifts. <laughs> Do. Yes, they, they do. do. I mean, they throw rocks at people, but they also leave them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, that's for another discussion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm at this conference and, um, you know, there's different people who are doing different talks on different topics. And they were all really wonderful, by the way. It's a terrific event. So I'm sitting there in the front row, surrounded by, well, not surrounded by, there's about 50 people behind me, sitting in chairs behind me. So it's the middle of the day and, you know, we're sitting in this little kind of outdoor um, sheltered space where all the talks were taking place. So all the way around us, the periphery um, is a garden because we're in a, a B&B, right? So I, there's flowers to my left and behind me, there's bushes and flowers, there's a garden over here. In front of me, though, there's just a really tall evergreen hedge. And then to my right is where the presentation is happening. So my head should be at a, about a 45 degree angle looking this way the entire time. And the presentation that was going to be happening was about CE5, right? uh, close encounters of the fifth kind, in other words, actively trying to make contact with e ETs. So this is practiced by many people all over the world. We can also talk about that on one of our podcast episodes. So this was a, this is a presentation about how to do that, right? How to do a CE5, what it is, how it works, how to make contact with ETs. About halfway through this presentation, I felt this compulsion to move away and look in front of me. And again, there's nothing in front of me. There's just this really tall evergreen hedge about 15, 20 feet away. But I really felt like I was supposed to look over. And so I felt distracted and I looked over and I saw what seemed to be something very, something kind of moving. And I just kept looking, thinking there's something there. It was like I could see something, but I couldn't see it. Basically, what happened was um, a being materialized in front of me, in front of the, the hedge, a tall, thin, sort of very clear, misty outline of a being. And it just stood there with this strong, calm presence and for about another hour and a half blasted me with this incredible, again, amount of energy. So I've had a few experiences that have been this really, really massive energy and a really high degree of vibration. And it's kind of overwhelming, but at this point, I had had a couple of them before, so I, I was aware of what was going on. But it is very overwhelming. So I was just basically sitting there trying to, you know, just breathe, be in the moment, and receive it, and trust them, and, you know, trust that they're, this is, again, for my benefit. Everything they do so far for me has been for my benefit. It has helped me. So I'm trusting and I'm surrendering and I'm allowing this to occur. And um, it was an interesting experience. You know, my visual perception changed, my physical perception changed. And uh, I had a few, um, it, it went on for a few hours, but there were a few things that were really fascinating that occurred during that incredible experience. I couldn't believe it was actually happening. I mean, I really, I just couldn't believe it. I was sitting there for the first few minutes just and Kim, my friend, who's one of the two people giving the presentation, she was able to see me because I was sitting in the front row. So she said I was sitting there kind of blinking, you know, opening and closing yeah, my eyes. You're at this event and like you're seeing this, but everyone else is watching the speaker, right? Like no one, else, one else knows is this is happening, really. 
no one else could see it. I was the only yeah. person that could see it. And Grant was sitting right beside me. He's been in the field for 15 <laughs> years. He didn't have any clue what was going on. So I'm just blinking and wow. you know, saying to myself, okay, okay, this is happening. First, it was like, is this happening? Am I making this up? Am I imagining this? What's wrong with me? I'm making this up. You know, just everything is going through your mind. But it was, it was absolutely there. It just stayed there and stayed wow. there and stayed there and stayed there for at least an hour, you know, for the last hour of the presentation, just blasting me with this energy. And at one point it said to me, um, this is, it was this very firm, it's, it's this very, the voice that they use with me is always this distinctive uh, tone, even though I can't actually hear it with my ears, I hear it in my head and it's a feeling. So it's this distinctive tone of firmness, strength and love and support, you know, it's a kind of all three mixed together. So this was, a very calm, firm, strong voice saying to me, just matter-of-factly, plainly, only one thing. It said, this is an energy merge. And at first I thought it was me thinking that. So I thought, why would I think that? I don't know what an energy merge is, right? Mm -hmm. But then later on, after the hour had passed and I was able to get up and walk, which at first I wasn't really able to do, um, the presentation had ended. Kim came over because she had seen me kind of looking weird during the presentation, breathing and rubbing my thighs and just trying to stay calm. So she came over and she said, are you okay? And um, I was, my mouth was all numb. That's another thing that happened. So I was trying to explain to her what was going on. She helped me get up, helped me walk over to this little gazebo where we could have some privacy. And she was going to help me integrate the experience. And I was sort of it was like I had been to the dentist, you know, I couldn't really, my mouth was all numb and I couldn't really get, articulate my words, yeah. but I did get, manage to get enough out to tell her what was going on. So she sat with me and heard that. And then she said, that sounds like an energy merge. And I said, okay, can you please oh, wow. remember that you said that? Because that's what I heard in my uh -huh. mind, you know, an hour ago. And um, anyway, we sat there for a while, a bunch of stuff happened, but a couple of things particularly occurred. One was that all this overwhelming energy, this enormous overwhelming energy that had taken over my field um, started running up from my extremities into my chest. Mm -hmm. And I also saw a point of light, which seemed to be activating my third eye. I've never had any third eye stuff happen before. And then later on that night, we did a C5, everybody who was at the retreat at the, at the event, did a C5 across the road in a field that was right beside a cemetery. And a random photograph was taken of me. And I mean random because the person was basically just pointing and shooting, you know, to see if any phenomena could be captured on camera. And so this person just happened to be aiming in my direction and took a photograph. And then right after she took the photograph, she saw what was in the picture, which was a little ET standing beside me and an orange ball of light mm -hmm. coming out of my chest with tendrils, which is where I all the light... I've, I've seen this photo too, by the way. It's, seen pretty, it's photo, pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty incredible. And I also had it analyzed. I've had the photo analyzed by yeah. a friend of mine who works for Getty Images. I mean, Getty Images has all the technology available to them to verify the authenticity of a photograph. They could not explain how those two things were in that picture. And then my friend Dakota, who's a professional photographer and a skeptic and is not involved in this world at all. I showed her and she can't explain it either. She asked me a million questions. You know, were you wearing a necklace? Was there anything mm -hmm. that would reflect light? <laughs> we went through all the possibilities and nothing explains it. So I really feel like they're, the guidance is there because they're constantly giving to me. They're constantly giving me an experience or a validation that they're here or they're leveling me up in some way. They're giving yeah. me some energy, whatever it is. It's, 
it's an ongoing expanding experience. And I, I know that all I have to do is do my part, you know, take responsibility for my own development, continue to work very hard on my spiritual path and confront myself and, you know, expand myself the best that I can. And as long as I continue to do that, they're going to be there alongside me, supporting me. That's yeah. the experience I keep having. This makes me wonder, you know, we were talking the other night about the few times in my past when I passed out, you know, I've had, I've had a, a couple of instances where I've just mysteriously passed out and, and gotten taken to the hospital and nothing was wrong, you know, no explanation for it. And I'm wondering, you know, now if maybe I was experiencing something similar, but I couldn't experience it in as conscious of a way as what you were experiencing, right? Be just because of the background I had or what was going on in my life or whatever. But it, you know, makes you it makes you wonder. Uh, I need to explore that maybe in a future regression. Yes, we both want to do regressions. I've never had one. So I'm very curious what that's like. And we're going to continue to share yes, experiences yes, with everyone. Yes. And that's part of the thing that, you know, that's part of the reason that we're doing this podcast, isn't it, Jenna? We want to share our ongoing experiences and our ongoing learning and our ongoing path because there's so many other people out there who we know are also um, learning and growing it on the path too and are, are wanting to you know relate to others who are having these experiences so everybody I think we're wrapping it up now but we want to encourage you as always to reach out share your experiences with us you know connect with us we're on YouTube star family wisdom there's the starfamilywisdom.com Facebook page or sorry web page we're, uh, there's a Star Family Wisdom Facebook page. We are on Instagram as the Star Family Wisdom Podcast. You can basically find us everywhere. You're not going to be able to escape. Jenna, is there anything else? <laughs> Join the community. Join the newsletter. You will get lots of good content and updates on events that we're doing, You know, speaking engagements, ways you can get involved. And as always, thank you for being with us on this journey and listening, following along. Email us at support at starfamilywisdom.com if you have any ideas or if you have questions, you know, that you would like answered in future podcast episodes, or if you have favorite speakers you want to hear from, we are curating lots of exciting content to come. And we'll probably have to do a part two of our ET experiences just to keep, keep this conversation going. Cause there's so much to talk about. You know, we, we talked about a lot of it, but there's still even more to share and, you know, and, and it happens in all sorts of ways, right? That's one fun thing about these conversations is that we can explore all of the different ways, you know, we are in contact with different aspects of ourselves and other beings and, and our higher self. And, and that's a really fun thing to explore once you get past the, you know, the little bit of fear you might hold like I did. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, it ebbs and flows, right? Like as we were talking about, we had a crazy week last week. We're always going to have, we're always going to have a part of the human experience. We're going to have obstacles and stresses. We're going to fall off the path and have to get back on it. Yeah. You know, um, community is incredibly important. And so we yeah. want to contribute to the community because we believe in supporting and co-creating and really validating each other, you know, validating our experience and being in it together. We are all in it together. This is a yeah. huge shift, a huge global shift that's happening 
the reality of ETs and UFOs is now being validated by governments all over the world. Mm -hmm. It has been already for some time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we really think that we're about to bust into a whole new reality during this lifetime. So Jenna and I are here to share uh, some of what we're experiencing in that on, uh, on this podcast with you. And we want you to share with us as well. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate you being here with us. And please, please, please stay with us. Keep following our adventures and share yours with us too. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Like and subscribe. Bye for now.